Well, it was all fun and games for Penn State men's basketball. They were getting every player they wanted out of the transfer portal, and then they started missing out on some important recruits. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Nittany Lines. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host of the show and joined by special guest Adam Sheets. Adam does incredible work with football, basketball. Recently coming back from the NFL draft. Adam, where can people keep up with your work that you obviously do so well? At Cheats Adam on Twitter, you can find everything you need for all the work we're doing over at Com Radio with football, basketball, the NFL draft, whatever you need, head over there. Yeah, and even though we're heading towards the summer, you're getting ready to be finished up with your semester mm-hmm. here. Uh, but men's basketball and football do not sleep. We're talking a lot of men's basketball today. Of course, if you want to keep up with football and men's basketball for the Nittany Lions, head on over to happyvalleyinsider.com. That is where you're going to find everything Penn State Athletics. That is Penn State Rivals. Penn State Rivals, go visit happyvalleyinsider.com. Locked on Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for Penn State Rivals. All right, Adam, plenty, plenty to cover here because I'm I'm all riled up personally, right? I, I'm, I'm riled up at this point because Penn State, you know, that's great. All the different guys that they're getting. I, I feel like this is one of the most diverse teams in terms of skill set. Uh, it's not so heavily focused towards the backcourt. It's not so heavily focused towards just John Hera. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it, there's a balance between size, athleticism, speed, smarts, three-point shooting. Like this mm-hmm. Penn State team has it all. So maybe I shouldn't be one to complain. But I have to because I did like the recruiting class that Micah Shrewsbury had assembled. And that's where we're going to begin. Uh, and then dive into them losing other players in the transfer portal. Evan Mahaffey doesn't look good for Keba Jai, but we're going to get to that. But I feel like the the one that burns me the most is Carrie Booth. Like I, I can't sit back. You know, Keba Jai and Evan Mahaffey, they're going to sting in different ways. Uh, and the, the jury's still out on Jai, right? Uh, but Carrie Booth legacy right you know I, and i get it you you talk to his father calvin calvin booth who had a great career at penn state played in the nba is now an executive in the nba mm-hmm. with the with the feisty denver nuggets i might add i'm you know mm-hmm. i'm quietly rooting for them. i don't have an interest in the nba i don't have a team pittsburgh doesn't have a team so i don't have a team mm-hmm. but calvin booth if you talk to him he said that he wants his son carrie to make his own decisions that he didn't want him to basically just go to penn state because dad did and now we're seeing that come full force here. And this was somebody that was highly rated, top 75, right? Uh, do you think that Penn State even had a shot to, to retain Kerry Booth uh, as a recruit? And I feel like all the work that they did in the transfer portal, they kind of knew that this wasn't going to happen. And now he commits to Notre Dame and Micah Shrewsbury. So it's not like he went somewhere completely different. He's following to the coach he originally committed with. I think there might have been an outside shot, but I think it went away pretty quick because if yeah. you look at it, Mike Rhodes coming in, Mike Rhodes probably had never talked to Kerry Booth because, yeah, Kerry Booth wasn't going to VCU when Mike Rhodes no. was there. That was not in the cards. And I think we found something out that this really was Kerry's own decision on where he was going to go because you look at it, the Penn State, you're like all oh, the legacy thing. But now seeing him flip to Notre Dame, you're starting to see it was more of like the relationship he built with Micah Shrewsbury and that relationship they had. Micah Shrewsbury, an NBA guy, knows how 
got to coach guys, get them ready to play in the NBA. And that's Kerry Boots' end goal at the end of the day to get to the NBA where his dad was able to get to and have a very successful career. And I think Micah, Kerry, Calvin, they all have that same image of what they want Kerry to be able to accomplish at Notre Dame and getting him to that next level. So I think Penn State was definitely on the outside. There might have been some, you know, last chance dish efforts for them to maybe bring him back. But at the end of the day, he made the decision to go to Notre Dame, which he believes best for him. And you really saw how strong that relationship he had with Micah Shrewsbury carried over to going to South Bend and playing for the Fighting Irish. I mean, when you look at it, Adam, Penn State's roster right now is pretty crowded, mm -hmm. if I must say. Like, I, I look at and they're not done, right? They're, they no. still have some spots. They still have scholarships that they can dish out here. But I look at that team and I say, okay, and now we're starting to split where minutes are going to go. And we're going to, we're going to get to blue Kane in just a second because he committed to Georgia not too long ago, decommitted from Georgia tech uh, and ultimately committed to the Bulldogs had a late last second visit to Penn state. And I thought, okay, this is a good Joe Crispin coach him up. You know, this might, but it's starting to get to a point now where these guys, Kerry Booth in particular, I don't know about a blue cane, but maybe down at Georgia, he could see this where he plays 30 minutes a night. I don't know at Penn State that Kerry Booth does get 30 plus minutes a night with the Nittany Lions, but maybe with Notre Dame, he does. And I think I he think does. I think there's definitely more of a chance he's going to play a lot more in Notre Dame because of the relationship yeah. and confidence he has. Micah knows him really well, and Micah knows what yeah. he can do and how he can help that team, and I'm sure they have an image on how he's going to help that team. It would have been a lot of learning for Mike Rhodes and his coaching staff. I mean, they know who Kerry Booth is. They've seen the tape. They know how good of a player he is, and he would have fit in, but there's a lot of congestion in that Penn State lineup, how they're going to play. They have some really good versatile wing athletes that maybe they'll use, maybe play small with only one big at a time, maybe play some two big. It's going to be really interesting to see how Mike Rhodes wants to run this rotation because they're going to have a lot of guys. They're going to have 10, 11 guys that are going to be competing for minutes on this team and see how he narrows it down to an eight or nine man rotation by the time we get to January and Big Ten play starts rolling around. Like we said, they're not done adding guys either. So it's going to be really interesting how they add it. So it's going to be weird to see how a freshman, because they're going to have no freshman in this class, no. how they would have been able to step into that with a lot of veteran guys and all working to try to get their minutes in a congested group. So I think, you know, Kerry Booth, as we said, he, he's going to probably play a lot more at Notre Dame than he would have at Penn State. You can't blame him for making that decision. And the same thing. And there's a lot of forwards, too. I, mm -hmm. I know Kerry, I know Kerry Booth is a different type of forward, but um, you, you look at the roster construction and you have a Nick Kern, a Zach Hicks, uh, a Caduce Wahab now as a true center. So Kerry Booth, I think going into next season, if we look at Micah Shrewsbury in, a, in an alternate universe, right, where he stays with Penn State for at least one more season, he gets Braden Shrewsbury's son and gets Logan Imes too. Kerry Booth hypothetically would have been the tallest guy on the mm -hmm. roster, I, I think. And the way that they would have used him as a stretch forward, he wouldn't have been a guy that has his back to the basket. They would have used him all over the place. But it now it leads me to this, and this is where I want to bring in Blue Kane because Adam, I, I just sit back, right? Um, because Blue Kane from his name alone would have been a perfect <laughs> NIL opportunity mm -hmm. for a multitude of reasons uh, as a Nittany Lion player, but it just didn't seem, I guess, like the right fit. And I think again, with what you now have, you have a strong front court, or at least you have uh, you have a lot of threes and fours, but you don't have a lot of ones and twos. You have Ace Baldwin, you have Jamil Brown, and and I know some guys are going to slide to the two, right? Like a Zach Hicks can will most likely play a two, and Nick Kern will most likely play a two. But between Kerry Booth going to Notre Dame, I know the reason why, but 
is there any knock on the coaching staff here at the fact that they didn't, they missed out on two top 100? Like, definitely. Like, I would say that in some cases, Kerry Booth is a top 50 and Blue Kane shot up the rankings and he, in some cases, was top 75, but top 100 securely if you're going for the consensus. Mm-hmm. They missed out on both of them. Is that concerning for Mike Rhodes and his coaching staff? I don't think it's very concerning because you look, it's it's year one. I mean, they weren't able to really build great relationships with these guys going in. I mean, they were trying to really figure this out. Blue Kane decommits late. They're trying to convince Kerry Booth to stay committed to Penn State when they really hadn't had many conversations. There's no coaching staff turnover here for Penn State. They're bringing a whole new staff and some some guys sticking around, but not key on the staff that would have been day-to-day with these players. So that was kind of, you know, really trying to rebuild things. It was really hard. They were playing – you know, with that one hand, one arm tied behind their back a little bit, trying to get these guys to come. So I think it's going to take time. Now, if this becomes a consistent theme and we're in year three, year four, the Mike Rhodes era in Penn State is having good opportunities at these guys and not getting them, then that'll be another conversation. But right now, I don't think it's time to press the alarm and start panicking that Mike Rhodes isn't getting top 100, top 75 guys. Just stay packed. It's going to take time. But I think, you know, eventually when he's able to get down in his recruiting cycle and be able to work with these guys from when they're sophomores in, high school and really talk to them and really build that relationship over time that's when you're going to see Mike Rhodes start to land these big time recruits and start to build that program through recruiting classes at Penn State instead of just the transfer portal which is what he's having to do this season outstanding point Adam I think that's the case here and you look at the roster other than Caduce Wahab and maybe you're going to get some other guys okay so you look at an O'Boyle right um, that comes in most of these guys are multi-year players they the intention is to have them for not just one but two years so and then a bulk of that group okay of course Kanye Claire and Jamil Brown Mm -hmm. they're on their own timeline they got three years but a lot of the transfers that they brought in aside from O'Boyle and Wahab are two-year guys which is very important uh, if you can keep this nucleus together. It's locked on Nittany Lions, uh, part of the nucleus that is leaving Evan Mahaffey and Keva Jai. Uh, well, Keva Jai, not, not officially mm-hmm. official just yet, but, oh, it's shades of Jamari Wheeler. Jamari Wheeler 2.0. Adam, before we get to that, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Built. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories? The man... I've got the thing for you. It is the best protein bar, best tasting protein bar out there. And that is built. You've got to try this. If you're like me where you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, I totally understand. Uh, and it is built bars and built puffs. Just the thing for you. Built bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously. They're so good. They taste like a candy bar. You won't believe what you are trying. You got to try them. But what makes built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That is right. Real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm really not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they are healthy. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around anymore to get a box. For years, we've been saying go to Built.com, and which you still can do. You can still do that. You go get your specialty flavors at Built.com. So check out the website. But now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So when you're near your Walmart, run to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a four-bar box of hit flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're near a Sam's Club, run right in. Grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff you can thank me later and again thanks so much for making locked on nittany lines your first listen and watch every single day 
And coming up, of course, on the podcast is recruiting, pick stop, and Penn State men's basketball. Not done constructing the roster. It'll all be right here on the podcast. Uh, Adam, we're talking Evan Mahaffey because this is official. And Keba Jai, he's got a crystal ball to Notre Dame. I, I guess we, I guess we'll start with Keba Jai, right? Because we already know that Mahaffey's gone. He's mm-hmm. he's gone. He's gone home. He's from Ohio. I, I get it. Just the Buckeyes, really. I wonder if Jamari Wheeler sent him a text or something. <laughs> I, I just don't. It, it makes me, it makes you wonder, right? Uh, it, but no, it does make sense because Big Ten basketball, mm-hmm. he's familiar with it. Uh, Dayton, I just wish it, I, I would have had no personal problem with Dayton, right? <laughs> right? But Evan Mahaffey goes back to Ohio. Uh, but Keba Jai is still out there. He seems to have a good standing at least, or at least UCF is in the conversation, Central Florida. Uh, Notre Dame has the crystal ball. But I thought it was interesting that he had this long visit with Notre Dame and then says, you know what? I'm going to take another visit and have a few more conversations. So that made me believe that this isn't over for Penn State and that there are some other players involved here. But if Micah Shrewsbury gets Keba Jai, I think this is a huge win for constructing his roster uh, as it goes. But Penn State, again, did retain Kanye Clary, Demetrius Lilly, Jameel Brown, who I thought was going to go to Temple. But Keba Jai, kind of the same question with Kerry Booth, even though we already knew the answer. Is there any chance that Keba Jai comes back to Happy Valley? I think it's a long shot, and I think the big thing with Keba is Keba waited to enter the transfer portal. He waited till Mike Rhodes was hired. He yeah. hung around, and then he had the conversations. Then he decided to put his name in the transfer portal at the end of the day. So I think you know he knows kind of Mike Rhodes' pitch. He's heard it. You know he knows what his role would be at Penn State, and he's looking around to see where his role would really embrace and really yeah. he thrive in. Obviously, Micah Shrewsbury, he's very familiar with at Notre Dame. UCF is making a really good push for him. And I think that'd be a really interesting fit because UCF's joining the Big 12 so it's a mm-hmm. different it's no longer a mid-major it's now a big big six job for yep, him going right. down there to play so that's kind of a different feel now UCF trying to really get that big guy to play inside the Big 12 so I think it'll be really interesting I think you know you probably lean Notre Dame for the obvious reasons with Micah Shrewsbury and the familiarity with the offense he was going to play with that recruiting class anyway at Penn State if nothing would have changed so I think that makes a lot of sense but I think Penn State they can continue to try I think you know they brought Jameel Brown back they still have Demetrius Lilly and Kanye Clary so there's still kind of that continuity from that class still at Penn State so I think maybe there's a shot but I would definitely lean that Penn State's on the outside looking in here for Kevajai and if we're being honest at the end of the day Notre Dame's not a fit for everybody no that's just the case that that has to do with the culture that has to do with the heritage where Micah Shrewsbury does fit in with that Mm -hmm. I I mean this is an important part of this and something that I I I really didn't know I guess you you have you probably knew this Adam Micah Shrewsbury is very active in his faith and very involved in his faith Uh, so Braden would be as well Mm -hmm. Uh, and and then makes sense why because I'm still caught where is Micah Shrewsbury going to be a a three four like is he going to coach Braden and then ultimately if something in the NBA opens up is he going to do that after four or five years? Because, but also just with the connections he has to Notre Dame, Indiana, obviously the state of Indiana as a whole, he could be a lifer at Notre Dame, but again, mm-hmm. it's not for everybody. So that's because look at an Evan Mahaffey, right? A Kanye Clary, Jameel Brown, Demetrius Lilly, all those guys, right? Hypothetically should have followed Micah to Notre Dame, but that's part of the conversation as well as this place, this environment isn't for every single basketball, every everything, right? Football, mm-hmm. basketball, it doesn't matter. 
So that that's very specific. And Kabajai, I could see him going to a UCF, even though he is projected to a, a Notre Dame at the end of the day. But I mean, I, I honestly would put Penn state under the other two, right? I'd go Notre Dame yeah. at the top just because uh, the connection to Micah Shrewsbury, there's a lot of openings with Notre Dame basketball uh, for minutes and everything else. And when you think about it at the end of the day, a lot of these guys did make decisions based on where they felt comfortable with uh, Jamil Brown playing, you know, his final season of high school basketball in Pennsylvania with Derek Lively. Um, Evan Mahaffey returns home to Ohio. Kanye Clary is still closer in Pennsylvania to his home, uh, his home state of Virginia. Uh, and then you have a Logan Imes that goes to Indiana. Braden's obviously going to follow dad. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then Carrie Booth, the connection to Micah mm -hmm. Shrewsbury and wanting to the goal of the NBA, but Logan Imes being from Indiana. And then now you have Kebajai who is also from Indiana. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, so I think, I think, you know, they're, they're the big points. It's all about fit. And I think you, we heard a lot about Notre Dame, especially when Brian Kelly left for LSU, you started to hear that y'all you're coaching with like handcuffs on and you're trying to figure things out because it's hard to recruit at Notre Dame because you're recruiting a certain type of player because they don't give a lot of academic leeway to some athletes. You got to be able to get into the school and that's going to be something Micah Shrewsbury is going to deal with. And that's probably something Kebajai is looking at. Like, is that a fit? The campus, it's very different than most other college campuses when you walk on it. So there's a lot of different things and a lot of factors on the outside that Kebajai is probably looking at. That's why I think UCF's making in this run it's very different than notre dame and penn state one thing the weather's a lot warmer in orlando florida and i'm sure kevin yeah, he's playing that. an indoor sport so it's <laughs> hey, like you know he's still got to walk to class every day and yeah, i think sure. that, that that might be something he's looking at too uh but you know i think there's definitely a lot of things kevin's looking at and i think penn state they're probably sitting i think comfortably in that third spot and probably trying to make their push and you know maybe at the end of the day maybe Keba just feels like you know i just don't want to leave and stays at penn state and obviously that'd be great for be the nice. Nittany lions uh but i mean definitely you think notre dame won just with the fit with michael shrewsbury and ucf who's just made a great push here apparently for Keba jai and they're looking really good sitting in that two spot to maybe get him and take him with him to the big 12 and Kebajai would be a true four he could mm -hmm. return to his actual position you could still slide him to the five when Mahab yep. comes off the floor but it's not like well Jai doesn't they don't have a plan for Jai they absolutely have a plan mm -hmm. for Jai but like you said I, they Penn State I think was the first unofficial official visit since he was already there so in the fold, but outside looking in, unless there is that, you know what? I kind of like this, the sound of my role and there's still continuity familiarity yeah. with the Nittany Lions. Uh, Evan Mahaffey going back to the state of Ohio, the Buckeyes. So you will see him. I, well, it depends how the schedule unfolds, right? Cause sometimes you play big 10 teams twice. Sometimes you only play them once when it comes to men's basketball. So Evan Mahaffey, does he become the villain like a Jamari Wheeler was? Because I feel like that was intentionally despite I don't, because Jamari Wheeler was from Florida. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was from the state of Florida and Evan Mahaffey, it, it makes sense because he's from the state. So I don't take this one as personally, but I'm still going to, if I'm a fan, I'm still booing him. Right. Oh, well, the good thing is Ohio state is coming to the Jordan center. It's a home and home. So they got, okay. they got him twice yep. this year. So they'll play him twice. Uh, but I don't think Evan's going to be a big villain compared to Jamari. We only because Evan was here one year. Jamari was a four year guy, yeah. a key contributor. I mean, you look at the 2019, 20 team, he was the starting point guard on that team. Um, so, you know, you just look at, he was really engraved into Penn state. He was kind of like Mr. Penn state a little bit in Jim Ferry's one year, really kind of embraced the role. He was one of the leaders on those teams and then obviously left for his 
reasons to Columbus. I think, you know, the one interesting place I was thinking about Evan before he committed to Ohio State was Cincinnati because they're also going to the Big 12. So they're yeah. going to be a big time program coming up. So I thought maybe that because he's also from Cincinnati, Ohio. He's not just from Ohio. So it was really going to be at home for him. But he goes to Columbus. It's going to be a weird fit. I don't think he's a guy that's going to embrace the villain role. He's pretty quiet. Uh, no. He's not really <laughs> outspoken. You watch him when he played last year. You know, he's really reserved to himself. And that's actually something that Micah Shrewsbury tried to get out of him was that like energy and emotion that he yet he has just deep down in him. You just got to embrace it and we'll see how he does. But I don't think he's going to be a big villain. I think he's obviously going to get booed because it's Penn State and it's Ohio State. And you're you're going to boo him, especially if he's in the starting lineup. When he gets the ball, you're going to boo him. But at the end of the day, he's going to play hard and he's probably going to be there for three years. So Penn State fans will get used to seeing him in the scarlet and gray probably. It is locked on Nittany Lions. Again, go check out Happy Valley Insider for everything Penn State Athletics. Locked on Nittany Lions now your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. And on this episode, we're talking strictly Penn State men's basketball. Adam, in the final segment, it, it's a matter of now where does Penn State go from here because you, you lost those other assets that you wanted. I, I felt <laughs> this would have been a damn good roster if you just think mm -hmm. about okay if they would have con convinced blue Kane to come in and be you know learn to be that scoring guard like a joe Chris like i feel like joe crispin would have taken him under oh, his yeah. wing a and then he turns into kind of that next just because he can already naturally do that but then there's that raw talent that can be crafted and i feel like in his second year he would have taken off carrie booth could have been an instant contributor again as a stretch four you have wahab at the five and then you could have really gotten creative but now this final segment is devoted to where where does Penn State go from here? Because they still have roster spots. They still have scholarships. And then you kind of need to figure out, okay, it seems like they've got a top seven in mind. Maybe the eight guys they're going to turn to. Where where else can they go? What else do they need? Are there any players in the portal that you would absolutely like them to get? Are, are there any more superstars out there? Because the guys that we're getting, like a Zach Hicks, can come in and give you double-digit points. Are there any more of those guys? Or is Penn State really going to have to start scraping the barrel and say, okay, we need guys that can come in as rotational players. They give us maybe 10 to 15 minutes and they're not really, they're just not really that heavy of factors in the offensive game. They're more of, they, they grind. They're going to give us those grind minutes. So where, where do you think they can go from here to finish out the roster? I think they've built a really good roster, really interesting roster. They bring Jameel Brown back, Kanye Clary, Ace Baldwin, Nick Kern, Zach Hicks. I mean, they've got a good team around. Leo O'Boyle's a great shooter coming over from Lafayette. Great, great shooter. Yesterday. Yep. So that they got a lot. I think the one thing they need, they need a little more depth at the big position. They're, they're kind of small. Yep. Wahab you have, and then you have Demetrius Lilly. But you'd like to have another guy you can bring in, you know, barring any injuries, foul trouble. You don't want to run to the problem like they had last year where they're just getting beat up inside every single game. You, that's team. This team, I don't know if they'll be able to handle that the way last year's team did. Because I don't know if this team will have the consistent shooting that last year's team did. And I don't know if Mike Rhodes wants to shoot a million threes like Micah Shrewsbury did yeah. last season. So I think that would be the big thing. I don't think there's a superstar big guy out there for them to get. Obviously, the superstar big guy committed to Kansas today, which helped Penn State a little bit because Hunter yeah. Dickinson's not in the Big Ten anymore. Uh, but I think that's going to be the thing. Go get yourself another big guy, another guy who can come in, kind of like Mikey Hen did last year, and play that role coming off the bench being a big guy just bang down low in the block against some of the premier big guys that the Big Ten has to offer. And you hope that Demetrius Lilly can blossom mm -hmm. into that role. And I wanted to get an exact measurement on his height, six foot 10, because I think he did. He actually grew a little bit. I think he yes. came in a little shorter as a true freshman. And now he can be, Wahab can take him under his wing. 
because that is Lily's role. He's a guy that back to the basket, he can be physical. He's going to be a rebounder and an inside the paint scorer first. Maybe he has that jumper like Wahab's. I don't think Wahab's ever going to take a jump shot no. in, in Happy Valley. <laughs> no, uh, the the farthest shot he will take is from the free throw line, mm-hmm. uh, if and when he gets there. But I feel like that is a perfect Wahab's got one year, pass everything on to Lily, and then Lily becomes your natural five in a year from now. I just, re- I really do like the construction of the roster. Sure, Kerry uh, Booth, Blue Kane, and Keba Jai, those three in particular, I think would have, re- like, that would have really turned, the- made them a complete team. But again, you can only have so many minutes to hand out and you can't just evenly give everybody 20, 20, 20, 20. You're going to have guys, you're going to have your starters mostly, but you're going to have your guys, Ace Baldwin, Kanye Clary, uh, Wahab, close to 30, Zach Hicks, Nick Kern, close to 30 minutes a game. And you want to continue to add that depth. Is there a player in the portal left that is a name to watch or that maybe just like a pipe dreams? Like, well, you know, if they could really get him and this sets this team over the top, because I do like Penn state uh, at least to be a team that is around the top eight of the big 10 again. Um, I, I can't think of any specific names. I know the one to watch out for a lot of people are talking about. I don't have the name off the top of my head, but Pe- the University of Pennsylvania, their top guard entered the yeah, portal. Um, saw that. It, he's really interesting. Great score. I think he's a guy to watch only because obviously Penn State, you look just over at Penn. I think that's a place you can really look at. But like I said, I think the key right now is just to go find a big guy. And I think that's going to be the key for this team to get some depth. And the one thing about Demetrius Lilly, a lot of people don't know this because he didn't play a lot. He is a great passer you watch him in his yeah. drills down low on the block he can sling it great out of the if you try to double him in the block he's great at getting out passing out to shooters so that's one thing that mike rhodes is going to inherit a big guy that once he starts to get minutes and gets his legs under him can really pass the ball out of the post as well as score and who we're referring to is jordan dingle mm-hmm. uh, from from the university of penn he would have uh, one more year of eligibility and he was He's a scorer. He's a pure scorer because he was averaging 23.4 points per game when he was over at Penn in his last season. And it would, you don't have to go far, right? (laughs) You get to stay in state. So I think, and that's, I think Penn State's, they're, I don't want to say problem, but they could definitely use more assets in Mm -hmm. the backcourt. And and it's funny to say that because a year ago (laughs) with Micah Shrewsbury, it was, well, Penn State has too many players uh, in the backcourt. But I also do like the idea of, Ace Baldwin being the one, Nick Kern being the two, and then you kind of decide your three, four, and five. I would imagine what Zach Hicks, Puff Johnson, and Cutis Wahab maybe as your starting five. Mm-hmm. And then Kanye Clary can come in, be the one. Ace Baldwin slides to the two, yep. or you still have Nick Kern or Zach Hicks in that spot. Uh, and I also like the idea of Jameel Brown getting 15 to put to over 20 minutes. I really think he could be that option if they don't. But it, if I had to pick the two and it's no disrespect to Jameel Brown, I want Jameel Brown at Penn State. And I want to see him in that capacity because I think he has all the potential in the world. But Jordan Dangle at this point in time is better than Jameel Brown as that true scoring option. Yeah, because I think Jordan Dingle is a lot more versatile in his scoring. Jordan Dingle can go inside. He can shoot the three. Jameel Brown, he is a – I mean, it's it's good because you need guys like this. He's a straight shooter. He can shoot mm-hmm. it from anywhere. He can shoot it from the parking lot. I mean, he has great range, and he's a great catch-and-shoot guy. So I think that's what Mike Rhodes is going to use. Try to develop this offseason, see, because he is a good scorer off the dribble, was in high school. He didn't really show that a lot at Penn yeah. State last season. But if he has the ability to really evolve his game – but he's also a sophomore. He's really young. It's going to take him time to develop that. But right now, he's probably going to be a catch and shoot guy look at dingle he's versatile can score inside score outside do a lot as a pure score not
not just a shooter. So I think that's where Dingle would come in and really fit on this team, give them another option that can go and get his own shot when you need to in late games. That's what Penn State sometimes struggled with last year when they took, you know, Jalen Pickett away and Cam Winter really wasn't being Cam Winter. They struggled because they didn't have a lot of guys that could go get their own shot. And that's going to be something I'm sure Mike Rhodes is going to look at. Go find a guy that can get his own shot when you need it most down the stretch in these Big Ten games. Yeah, shot creation is very important. Uh, Kanye Clary seemed a little loose at times, but mm-hmm. got better at it down the stretch. He can just by speed alone, he can create his own shot. Oh, yeah. uh, Ace Baldwin can. It's a matter of, okay, could a puff, could a puff Johnson do that? Could, um, could Zach Hicks do that? Uh, Nick Kern, not so offensively adept. He's your defensive guy. He's, mm-hmm. he, he's the guy that can guard your best player on opposing teams. So yeah, shot creation is very important. And right now I look at two guys that I'm like, I'm confident in that a Jordan Dingle would very much. Yep answer that oh adam it's great to catch up on penn state men's basketball and kind of get that overall perspective it's not and it's not just about playing you know fantasy with the penn state men's basketball roster it is truly breaking down what some of these guys are really good at what they're going to be missing out with some of these other players so it's always great to catch up adam where can people keep up and always catch up with you and the work that you do personally at sheets adam on twitter you can find all our work that com radio does with penn state men's basketball all right. And did you have fun at the draft? You, I mean, I imagine you did. Uh, oh, a but... lot of fun. A lot of fun. They didn't yeah. make it easy on us. They were trading a bunch of trades, a bunch of wild picks. Will Levis falls to day two, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And plenty of Penn State players, mm-hmm. uh, you know, need a little more respect down there that uh, those guys, they got signed. That's great. But um, I had Parker Washington in the sixth round and uh, Sean, hey, Sean Clifford in the fifth. Uh, you think about this, Penn State had two, two quarterbacks drafted. Uh, in in the draft here yeah. when you think about it i mean so. are, are we gonna start claiming guys like ohio state claims any person that ever wore an ohio state jersey once in their lives i will <laughs> levis played a good bit for penn state he did start a he, he was a starter for penn state so. yeah and came in he played against ohio state joe mm-hmm. burrow what did joe burrow do for the buckeyes <laughs> besides besides having a, a spot in the locker room but hey, don't worry quinn ewers will be an ohio state quarterback once yes he gets to the nfl too Yes, Quinn Ewers, a product of the Ohio State University. Adam, it's always great to chat. I appreciate it. Can't wait the next time we get to do this. Yep, Thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure.